Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi again. I pray that the Lord will give you insight and understanding as we go through the book of Romans. This is a teaching for those who are believers already so that you can learn more because the Bible said, my beloved God said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And like we said in the beginning of this series, we said the, the ministry gifts were given in the church to build up the believers until we all come on the unity of faith and the knowledge of, his, of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. You see that in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 and 13. So, that is why we need teaching in the body of Christ. You that have been born again, you that have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to be taught the Bible, the scriptures, the precepts of God, and how to conduct our life. And you see some of this in the letters of Apostle Paul. The letters to the Romans, letter to the Corinthians, letter to the Ephesians, Galatians. He expansiates further the life of saints that God has called us out to say ye are called to be saints. So we went through Romans chapter one, Apostle Paul mentioned that we believers are called to be saints and then he listed what are the sins in the world that shouldn't be in the midst of sins and if you see any of those in Romans chapter one, if you see any of those sinful things still in your life, you need to purge it off and get yourself washed by the washing of water by the word of God that you are hearing. The Bible, the Word of God is like a mirror that when you look at it, you see yourself is showing to you what you need to work on, correct. And Christ has already put you, given you a new heart, a new spirit, so it will be easier for you to get rid of all those misbehaviors. And because you love the Lord Jesus Christ, He said, because we love Him, we live for Him. Because He died for us and He already forgiven all our sins and given, given us the power to become. And that is the Holy Spirit in you. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit is already deposited in you. That is different from the infilling and the overflowing with the Holy Ghost that is said, Holy Ghost shall come upon you when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost that make us to speak in another language and signs and wonders follow. But when you are born again, a recreated spirit is given to you. That's what is called being born again, born of the Spirit of living God. And then you will not be interested in sin anymore. Sinful nature is removed from you. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. But then you need to be taught the word of God, the precepts of God. That is what the washing of water by the word. That is what the purpose of the Lord put in ministries. In the body of Christ, teachers, pastors, evangelists, prophets and apostles. For the perfecting of the saints. So that's why we are going through the book of Romans. And teaching some of those precepts. And the doctrine of the body of Christ, of the, of the church. And also... The lifestyle we get to Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3. And chapter, we are now going to Romans chapter 5, where the summary of it is actually that we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus. Our faith in Christ Jesus is what justified us. All our sins, former sins, are forgiven. And any sin that we could still fall into will be forgiven immediately as you repent of it and ask the Lord to wash you with His blood. He has already forgiven you, but He wants you to acknowledge your sin. That's why the Holy Ghost in you will quickly con convict you if you have any, you are falling to any offense and you don't want to keep living in that type of lifestyle. You ask the Lord to, to forgive you and wash you anyway. But then He wants you to take the step not to do those offenses anymore. That's why you have to be 
regularly searching the word of God daily so that you are washing yourself by the washing of water by the word because the world is like a, pol- it's a, it's a pollution of dust in the air just like I gave an analogy if you put a plate that is washed and clean but leave it on the table for a week you and come back and touch it you will see there are dust that is settling on that plate which you need to still scrub off if you want to really use the plate that is what the word of God is to do for our soul and spirit continual washing daily is what he expects from you and me to fellowship with God around the word of God not the one that you do once a week or twice a week in Bible study this is good the Bible study is good to remind you more from the teachers but you should read the scriptures daily communing with God daily from your from the scriptures that you read and pray about what you learn that is how you fellowship with the Almighty God because the Spirit of God in you will be teaching you some of those things that you have that you are reading okay now let's go to Romans chapter 5 and continue the 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 exhortation that Apostle Paul was giving to us which here is telling us that we actually justify by faith in Christ Jesus I will read some few verses and then explain and we go through it it's very straightforward so therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ now we say we have been justified by faith when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior what does that mean that you are justified when you say you are justified means you are now accepted by God what about my former sins God overlooked them that's what it means you are justified God overlooked all those your former sins he put all those sins as done by the devil devil did it but now from now on he's, he's going to recre- he's recreating your spirit when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior your spirit is recreated that's what we call born again experience and now sin no more like Christ told that adulterous woman sin no more go and sin no more so you are now to go and sin no more walking with the Lord Jesus Christ and he is going to be washing you by the washing of water and by the word so you are justified by faith somebody say ah, are you sure that God, your sins are forgiven that's what faith is all about faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ said say he that believeth in me has passed from death unto life everybody is on the way to death Hey, lake of fire. But by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that His shed blood was for for your for your redemption of your sins, for your redemption, for your redemption, and that He died on the cross for you as an atonement for your, the offenses of Adam, which everybody inherited. When you believe that, you are justified. That is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that justified you. So you are automatically accepted by believing that. Verse two says in Roman, you are reading Romans chapter five. So therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God that's how we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience what is tribulation persecution that we follow when you believe in Christ why because the devil that Satan that's what you call Satan is not happy that people are now trusting Jesus Christ and believing the covenant and the atonement God did. So the devil is not happy. The devil is going to raise up persecution even through your own family members that don't believe, and through the world and through the in the future it could be government or the already established government wherever you are listening to this that don't want you to believe in Jesus Christ. That is the tribulation will come through them. That's called persecution. 
He said, we have to even rejoice in that because we are being partakers of the sufferings of Christ. See, when Jesus Christ came, he has to suffer the cross because that is how God lived it. He died for us. That was painful, but he bore it for us. So we may suffer for, for with him because to believe this thing, Satan will be mad at you that believe this thing. Because the devil knows that his time is short. If we believe it, we are going to take over this planet from him. And that is what God is planning, to take over this planet heart from Satan that stole it from Adam in the first place. So we that are coming to Christ, we are partake, we are now becoming the the people that are going to take this world over from the from the devil, the dragon that seized it from Adam. So that's why this devil is not going to be well placed. So he's going to raise persecution. But he said we should rejoice and that we are partakers of this suffering because in the end Christ is going to resurrect all those that are his own and we're going to take this world over. And he said that tribulation will work patience. And that is part of the fruit of the spirit we need. Patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So God is love. And he said that is the way we are going to please the Holy Spirit by walking in love. But now how are we going to be able to love anything? He is putting that love into our heart by himself, by the Holy Ghost. So that's why Apostle Paul is saying the love of God. That will make us to love God so much that we are ready to lay down our life for him. It takes love for God. Not just fear of, of, of God's wrath. No, the love for God that he did for this for us. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we don't go to a lake of fire. He paid by his own blood. That love of God is now shared into our heart when we believe Christ to make us to love him more. It is love that is, made, that is driving us to, to follow him. It is love for God that is motivating us to follow Jesus Christ. Not the fear of hell. Not the fear of lake of fire. Because he has already forgiven us for that. Now we love him for what he has done for us. And so that love of God is shared into our heart by the Holy Spirit. That makes us to be able to lay down our life for him. To be able to follow him. No matter through thick and thin. So remember that this love of God is what is very essential. That's what the first thing the Holy Ghost planted into us when we are born again. Is the love for God. It is shared abroad into our heart by the Holy Ghost. Now that we have been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, and Christ is alive forevermore, we shall be saved from the wrath of God that is coming upon the old woman race, which is the lake of fire. We shall be saved through the life of Christ that he is alive right now, and is living inside us to make us live the way that we please the Father God. That's how we say we shall be saved through his life. Verse 10, For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So that's why Jesus Christ resurrected and he is alive forevermore. And his life is now inside us because he lives inside us by the Holy Ghost. And he is to walk his walk and walk his, and live his life through us so that we are now living for God. We are now living for him. That's the new life, the new creature. As we are living for him right now, that life is going to save us from any wrath that is still coming because we are now living a righteous life for God. God has already said in the book of the prophets that if a wicked man turn from his wicked ways and started to do righteousness and die in his righteousness, he shall live by his righteousness. All his wickedness will be forgotten, forgiven. The same way if a righteous person turn and become wicked and die in his wickedness, all his righteousness that he has done before also will be forgotten. And he died in his wickedness, he will be lost in his wickedness. 
That is the essence. The essence why Christ came to save mankind. To forgive all our past offenses and inherited offenses. And to give us a new spirit, a new heart. So that from the time we are born again, we now live a righteous life. We now live for him. It's just the same principle of God that he said in the book of Ezekiel. That if a righteous man, a wicked man, turn and become righteous and live for the rest of his life in righteousness, God will forget all his former wickedness. So that's what the reason why Christ came to forgive all of our sins and give us a new heart so that from now on we live for him. And he is going to be living his life through us in righteousness, pleasing God. And then we shall be saved. Definitely. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin, by, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But now, as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the free is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Now Apostle Paul is trying to narrate or describe to us what really is the is the scenario here. Through Adam, one man, the old woman race fell into sin because Adam sinned. It became it's like a poison that poisoned the old man race. And because of that sin, the old man was going through death, physical death, which will end up in the lake of fire. Now, through one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God is reversing that. God is bringing, because of the righteousness of one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to, is not to go to God, is now bringing many to righteousness. That's what Apostle Paul is trying to compare right here to tell us that that was actually the plan of God from the beginning. Once Adam sinned, God said, I'm going to bring another man that is going to reverse it. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ has come to. That's why we call him Savior. It is, and the Bible says this Lamb of God has been slain before the, from, from the foundation of the world. From the end, from the beginning, God has planned it. Once Adam fulfilled, that was the plan of God when he re- re- revealed it in Genesis chapter 3. That the seed of the woman will come and bruise the head of the serpent. Now let's go on because Apostle Paul in this letter was describing this uh, exchange. You can call it exchange. One man sinned and the old man fell into death. Now one man became righteous and was made righteous, Christ Jesus Christ. And the old marriage is going to be redeemed and is not going to is being redeemed. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, that is the offense of one person, Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, that's the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men, see, all men. Not just Christians, all men, unto justification of life. But see, we have now to accept it individually. Those who are accepting it are the, are the people that are becoming Christians. If you don't accept it, 
then you don't accept the sacrifice. See, through one man, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Now, through another man, is the righteousness of one man, Jesus Christ, free gift came upon all men to justification. So, is the righteousness of Jesus, yes. Because he lived a pure life and gave, him, gave his life as God commanded it, he gave his life for, as a sacrifice for a human race. His blood was shed as an atonement. So that's his righteousness. The righteousness of one man, the whole human race now is justified. Now each individual has to, have to just come and accept that sacrifice. By verse 19 again, he said, For us, he's giving it in different way of looking at it. Verse 19 says, For us, by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Adam disobeyed and the old man race was made sinners. Now, the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Father, by that obedience, the old man race are now being justified and made righteous. But it is you coming to accept that justification by, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Verse 20. See, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace, call it grace, free gift from God. Grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So, it's explained to us through one man offense, the old man is went to death and sin, death and destruction. Now, the logic came as one man and by his obedience to the Father and shedding his blood, and pay the sacrifice through one man's obedience, the old man is being justified, forgiven, and now being made righteous. Now we have to individually come, not automatically, we have to individually come and accept that sacrifice of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Now let's go on to chapter 6. He said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You see, God forbid. What does that mean? Because some people thought, if you say this thing is a free gift, can we just keep doing whatever we like to do, live as we like, and God is already forgiven everybody? No. If you recognize what God has done for you, you don't want to keep living in that behavior that made offenses in the first place, that leads to hell and death and lake of fire. You want to be appreciative of what God has done. You want to be appreciative of what has, God has freely give it to you. Think of if somebody owes owe a lot of money and he was going to be killed and destroyed and he cried and screamed and yelled and there comes a, a, a philanthropy that just forgave him and paid his debt and say, what do you want from me when you pay the debt? He said, I just want you to just to just obey me and love me. If you know what he has, the great deliverance he has given to you, you are going to be serving that philanthropy for the rest of your life. How much more if he gave you your free will? He doesn't say you have to be a slave for him. Because that's how people buy slaves in those days. The slave becomes a debtor and somebody go and buy and pay all the debt and he becomes the, the slave to another, another person. But Christ is not making you a slave. He says it's a free gift. If you will follow him, if you do want, if you don't follow him, you go back to be serving the slave traders, and they will gnash you and put you in the lake of fire. But if you know the grave, the grave, the the greatness of your sin, you want to follow this person that has just paid for your for your redemption. He has redeemed you. You want to live for him. You want to serve. You want to place him. That is what the love of God is to do for us. He says it's a free gift, but 
your will is left to you to decide whether you want to follow him or not. So if you accept this free gift, follow him so that you don't get trapped again by the slave masters because they are still looking for slaves that we still they can still put their hook upon their neck and drag them into hell and lake of fire. You don't want that to be your portion. So that's why we are telling you that shall we shall we continue in sin that grace may abound sin? God forbid. Verse two. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? Using another terminology that we are now dead to sin. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, in that's by baptism, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Remember, Jesus Christ died and was buried and then he rose by himself. So the baptism that we go into the water is symbolizing that, that our old man, the old person, that man that was committing sin, that has the sinful nature, has been destroyed and we go under the water, bury that old man under the water and we come out, out of baptism. Just like Jesus Christ resurrected, we are to assume, uh, uh, to believe that we are also resurrected into a new life when we come out of water baptism. A new life, a new creature in Christ that we are not going to sin anymore. That's what he's trying to explain right here, that this is how you have to, your faith. That's how you should imagine your faith. What you call, you, you have a mindset like this. That if you have been planted together in the likeness of his death by, by baptism, which shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection come out of that water, a new person. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man, that's the man that was sinning before, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, that's what it means. We say we are dead with Christ means that old man has been dead and crucified and nobody can accuse a dead man that he, that dead man was the one that came to steal something in your house. That dead man committed adultery with your family, with your spouse. No. The man is dead. So we have to reckon ourselves as dead also to sin. Verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Because we are now alive when we are resurrected from the from the from the dead uh, as in water baptism. And Christ is living inside us, we are now to live with him. Verse 9. Now that knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now verse 11 is very important. He said, Likewise reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. That's how we live for Jesus. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we are to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That is, look at your, all those former lives and say, no, I'm dead, I can't do those anymore. That man that used to do those things is dead and buried underwater. Oh, you don't like sex anymore? I'm married. That's all. I, I don't need any any uh, ungodly affairs. I don't need any evil ungodliness or lying or cheating or excess of money or lust for money. All those bad behaviors were buried underwater when I went underwater and I'm now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Christ is living inside me. He said you have to reckon yourself to be dead to sin like that and alive unto God. Verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that it should be obeying it in the lust thereof. That is, don't obey sin. 
That's why he said, because anyone you are obeying is your master. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members, that's your eyes, your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet, every part of you, should be only living for righteousness. Only use it for righteousness. That's what he's saying here. That if you yield your members, that your members are your hands, your eyes, your your legs, your feet, your mouth, your lips, only yield for righteousness things. That is, I'm not going to touch ungodliness. I'm not going to look at ungodly things. I'm not going to touch bribery because my hand is for pure and holy things. So yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. As verse 13. Verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, what does that mean? Verse 15 explains, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. It's a God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, is servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. See, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin before, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. That when you can give your life to Christ, you are now a new Christian. He's saying, you used to be like this, but you are no more like that. And you are to know that you are no more like that. You are no more a sinner. You have to live for Christ. So now, verse 8, it is a being made free from sin. Now you become servants of righteousness. You have, you have been made free from sin. Now you are now a servant of righteousness. And when for that, I said, Verse 19, as ye have yielded your members, servants to unrighteousness, uncleanness, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. What you used to do when you are serving Satan, don't do those anymore. Now begin to serve Christ Jesus and holiness and righteousness. So for when you are the servants of sin, you are free from righteousness. Now that you are now servants of righteousness, be free from sin. Verse 21 says, What fruit are ye then in those things where you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So, but now, being made free from sin, you become servants to God. You are, and we have your fruit unto holiness, and the end of all this holiness is everlasting life. Remember verse 23, very important. The wages of sin is death. That's what all those who are still living in sin, they are on their way to hell, lake of fire. So that's their wages. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So now you understand that you are to reckon yourself as dead to sin and alive unto God. By the water baptism, that's what it should, you should symbolize for you. And that's how you should make your mind say that when you went under water baptism, some people were baptized when they were just a baby, they don't even know what they were doing. When you understand this and you give your life to Christ, that's when you need to be baptized in water. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 is that anyone in Christ become a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. And when you reckon yourself like that, walk with that same faith. Walk in righteousness with that same mindset. Sin shall not have dominion over you. All things you used to do, you should not participate in anymore. It shouldn't come to you. If you come to your mind, you just say, ha, that was the man that was dead and buried in water. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. 
I don't do those things anymore. I'm a new person. I'm the old person is not is no more living in this body. The old person is dead and buried. I'm a new person. Your spirit is new from the time you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your spirit is new, and that spirit is the one that is carrying this physical body. You may still have this car of the old thing you have been doing on your physical body. So you say somebody that has gone and robbed a bank and cut his, they cut his hand off. That arm is cut off, yeah. But if your spirit has been renewed, that spirit, the new spirit in you may be living in that scarred body, but it's a new person. As far as God is concerned, you are a new person. Now you have to live for Him. To live the rest of your life following the righteousness and holiness of Christ. That is what baptism means. And then the Holy Ghost is to come and overpower you and give you more power so that you will be able to witness for him. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that makes you to speak in another language and signs and water can even follow you. That's what Christ said. Now, let's not sin anymore really in your mortal body. Many people that have, that when they come, when they give their life to Christ and they are born again, they go for water baptism. So if you have not gone for water baptism since you have given your life to Christ, you need to find a, a pastor, a gospel preacher, to take you to the water and, and get to water baptism and then reckon yourself to be dead to sin and alive unto God from that day forward and the Lord will take care of the rest and then you make sure you are reading your Bible daily and the Lord will be taking care of teaching you himself as you listen also to exhortation from the evangelists and pastors that God has put in the body of Christ to build you up God bless you I'm going to continue this in chapter 7 I pray that the Lord will give you more insight Amen this is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Tune us again next week. God bless you.